0: It's Cool Story, Cool Story, The Wheel of Time, The Ultimate Fantasy, It's
1: Cool Story, Cool Story. You know, it's so weird. I have not been hearing you clap lately.
0: Listen, maybe we're just like really on the nose. It could be. On the, uh, (laughs) is on the nose... Is it what? Is that the right, right uh, idiom? I mean, it, it. I think it's close enough. It's like on the nose. Is like just right, right? On the money. No, that's that's not the money. <laughs> we're in right the on. Money. Yeah,
1: right on the money. We're in the money. Um, hi.
0: Hi. It's good to How be are back. You? Uh, I know. I know. It's been a. Uh, it's been a while. We were just saying this. We just recorded for our other show, ripped from the headlines. If you listen to Yes. Both. And uh, we were just saying how long it's been, even though it's not been very, but happy. I was also
1: behind uh, editing some Patreon episodes, and so was editing some of those recently, and was like, oh, fun. We're fun.
0: We're fun, right?
1: Yeah, if you don't subscribe to our Patreon, here's a little plug ahead of the episode that you should, because it's fun.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We do movie reviews. We take suggestions, too, so if you are on our Discord, or if you're communicating with us on social media just send us anything to be like hey you should review this movie or this is kind of I... like a fever dream of a show that we were curious what your take is on oh my gosh
1: I added a couple of things to that mo- to the list of movies to review recently okay good because uh, I, I, I wanted to mention one of them because I thought it was a really fun idea
0: mm-hmm. I do think our next bad one we watch needs to be the room <gasps>
1: Okay, yeah, I'll I'll do that. That's good because you're gonna love um, it.
0: I can't wait to hear your take on it. Like I am so excited to hear what you, know you think about every moment of it.
1: <laughs> you know what's so weird is I've, I I <laughs> recently finished listening to a couple of different podcasts. I was listening to Mission to Zix and I finished <laughs> that, uh, and so I've gone back to listening to Hey Riddle Riddle again from the beginning for like I think the third time now, uh, and they were talking about the room and oh uh. no they were talking about i think it might have been the room uh but how they were like uh they missed like the first couple minutes of it and it felt like a totally different movie and then like some they were like within about 30 seconds they were like oh my god what is this so i'm i'm looking forward to to watching that is that on our list already
0: yeah it has to be it has to be
1: oh yeah it is it is um i added the brave little toaster
0: (gasps) Oh, I love that movie.
1: I remember loving that movie, too. I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, but... uh,
0: The air conditioner was scary.
1: That's so funny, because also on Hey Riddle Riddle, they were just talking about the Brave Little Toaster, and Aaron says that it's a very scary movie because of the quicksand scene and the furnace.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, a furnace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do you have anything else? Oh, like to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I guess we really haven't talked about much. I, uh... I don't have a whole lot. I have um a I couple have two of recommendations. Things. Oh, okay. Why don't you go first? Okay. So the first thing is
1: on Netflix there is a show called 1899 Ooh. and a few people uh, that we that our account follows on Twitter had been talking about it so I decided to watch it. I think you would like it. Ooh. It's um it's very hard to categorize, but it's uh the show starts off as a bunch of people who are emigrating to the united states on a boat or at least it's like a boat head heading for the united states and it's a bunch of people from various countries who are kind of like starting their lives anew in the united states is sort of the the premise that you get Mm -hmm. but very quickly it turns into a sort of like surreal mystery horror thriller ghost question oh okay so imagine if lost was set in the late 1800s, yeah. and it was on a boat. It's got very similar vibes to that, but done better.
0: Someone at work recommended this show recently, and I was like, I've never heard of this.
1: <laughs> I think it's pretty new, I think. so, But I definitely think you would okay. like it, so I think you should watch it. Mm. Um, So that was good. It's very... I don't know if there's going to be a second season, but it leaves you off on a very... like on a big question mark, mm-hmm. so... Hopefully there will be a second season. Um, And then the other thing is, this is not a recommendation, but I was driving yesterday, and (laughs) I saw something that made me feel... It was like a fever dream. So I saw a big black van on the side of this van in almost like a 1970s, early 80s rock band art album art style. Was imagine if you had like Arnold Schwarzenegger's like just like jacked body, like a painting of somebody with like a super jacked body, Mm -hmm. but they were a cheetah. So like the head of a cheetah with like a super jacked human body Uh holding a butterfly net and in in font in like sort of like Metallica style font was just the words liquid death on both like the f- side and back of the van. Mm. And I still cannot figure out what that all could possibly mean.
0: Does it buy? <laughs> what
1: do you think it is?
0: I think Liquid Death. Oh gosh, I think it's a coffee? Or is it? Or a um a water company or something? I feel like Liquid Death. Oh, Liquid Death
1: sparkling water. Oh my god. Matthew. Am I right? You're totally right. Oh. Oh my God. But why is it? Oh my God. This is so weird. What the hell? Okay, because on their website, there's like a jacked body, but it's somebody holding a head, Uh and it's not a cheetah. So maybe that was like an old, old uh, artwork or something that I saw, but... Well, you solved the mystery. I, I felt like I was so just proud. like living in an alternate reality for a moment, not understanding what the fuck I had just seen.
0: Yeah. Good job. I'm, thank I'm you. I'm trying to find the old, thank you. I'm trying to find the old logo. I'm just like Googling uh, Liquid Death logos to see if I could find it, but uh, nothing yet, but I've, <laughs> I'm glad I was able to help. Thank you. Yeah. What, a, what a weird coincidence. What a anyway. weird world. Anyway um i don't have much i have two things i have a recommendation which is oh i'll just quickly mention my recommendations on this show too because i think they're just so good and i want all of my friends out there to listen or to watch if you haven't watched nine perfect strangers on hulu you absolutely have to watch it it's so good just watch a trailer very trippy the the theme song i listen to it constantly now it's a strange effect anyway it's really good and the other show I'd mentioned on the other podcast is Couples Therapy on Showtime. It is, you want to learn about yourself, you want to learn about other people, you want to cry, you want to feel connected to the world, that's the show. Um, yeah. But for this, I just wanted to mention we just finished Wednesday. Did you watch that yet on Netflix?
1: Not yet, no.
0: I really liked it, personally. I've um, generally,
1: I think, heard good things about it.
0: Yeah, I... Uh, If you are, you just have to be okay with a reimagining of some of something you're familiar with, maybe. So if you could just get behind that, which, you know, I mean, at this point, how many things have been reimagined? You should just be able to do that and not cry every time you don't hear something that sounds (laughs) exactly right. But if you could do that, (laughs) I think it's great. And I think they do a really good job of trying to say, like, put the things in there from people who like Adam's family Yeah, like, nods to the OG fans. Yeah, yeah. And the first episode, I was kind of unsure. I was like, are they going to go a direction with this that's, like, very, like, Vampire Diaries kind of vibe with these youths? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think they do a good balance of, like, silly, ridiculous, like, young folks' storylines among them while still being, like, very dark and very unexpectedly macabre at times and aware of itself i really liked it yeah i highly recommend if you if you if you're interested and you've only watched the first episode i definitely say give it to the second episode because for me it took to the end of the first episode to buy in
1: and you know christina ricci plays a different character in it
0: yeah which is cool too it's it's all very good and a cool thing i just read um did you watch game of thrones right I did, yeah. Do you remember Brienne of Tarth? Of course, yeah. Gwendolyn um,
1: Christie, I think, is yes. her last name. She she plays uh, Satan in The Sandman in probably what I think is one of the best scenes in television.
0: Davey just finished it, and he's like—or Davey's getting close to the end of it, and he's like, you have to watch this and catch up with me. So I'm definitely going to The Sandman? It. Yeah.
1: Okay, I really need—I I actually have not finished it still. I know. I Whatever. Uh, but the scene between her and the Sandman, I think, is still one of the best reimaginings of what, like, a battle between two, ooh. like, powerful people could look like. Oh, I can't wait.
0: I can't wait. It's I've seen so good. clips of it as I walk through the room. When Davey usually watches it when he's home and I'm at work. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'll walk through the room to get coffee and be like, ooh, this looks cool. Uh, yeah. And she plays the main character in Wednesday. She plays, like, the headmistress of the oh, school. Oh, nice. And she's great in it. And I read an interview with her recently, and she said this was the first time she's ever felt beautiful on camera in her entire yeah. acting career. I saw that. I, I just thought that was beautiful. And I, I saw the, like, thing, and I had to read the whole thing. And she was just talking so beautifully about the the people on set and how much they listened to her and how they helped her understand her body in a new way and look at her body in a new way and it's beautiful I just wanted to like scream (laughs) so I definitely (laughs) want to watch it
1: so thank you for the recommendation
0: yeah and my last recommendation I might have mentioned this to you on a previous episode and if I haven't I don't know how I didn't when I was writing my episode the topic of the word of Elaine of of Nynaeve's Braid comes up Oh, yeah. And I thought, have you ever played the game called Braid?
1: Mm, I don't think so.
0: Okay. F- I don't know if it's on Steam. It was on the Xbox. Like, you had to download it off, like, the Xbox Marketplace. It was an indie it, game back in the day. It's on Steam. <gasps> and you will, I think you're going to love that game. I okay. don't know how much it is or whatever, but it's... um fourteen ninety nine. Oh, okay. It's beautiful, first of all. Um, Really beautifully made. And the music is great throughout the whole thing, like, the score. And it's a side-scrolling sort of, like, um, puzzle-ish game. Okay. Like, as you go through the, the levels, you're trying to get to the next level to ultimately, like, save this person. And um, each level you set to solve whatever the puzzle is. And huh. part of the game mechanics is you can, like, hold a button to reverse time. Okay. And as you hold the button, it'll make your character, like, and everything on the screen that moves literally go backwards Hmm. But, like, sometimes you can keep something from moving. You know what I mean? Okay. So you can, like, move yourself backwards, back up to a platform you previously fell from or something. So it's really fun, and it's got a really cool soundtrack. And I don't want to – you like spoilers, so if you want to, it also has a beautiful message
1: Oh. um, at the end
0: of it. Um, I will check it out. So I was like, wow, it's one of my favorite ever independent games. My brother introduced me to it a long time ago, and I was like, wow. Uh it, it actually I think it's the first independent game I ever played and downloaded and I was like, Oh, now I get why people like these kinds of games and seek out things that you just don't, <laughs> you know, go to the GameStop for. So anyway, I'm opening that's all I got.
1: Steam and adding it to my wish list. Oh, it's
0: beautiful. Anyone out there? It's old. I I'm sure there are better graphic things out there now, but it's very like illustrative, um, story I love it. So
1: I, I like how you're like it's old. I've literally been playing Master of Magic from Uh, like 1994 (gasps) for hours and hours and hours, um, which the the remake is supposed to come out in like a week. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. It
0: reminded me of old games. I can't believe I haven't mentioned this, and we can't talk about it too long because I'll never stop. But have you have you played Scarlet or 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 Violet? No.
1: No, but I've seen endless, endless, endless videos of all of the, like, glitches, Mm -hmm. and they really make me laugh.
0: Okay, yeah, Davey, we got it right away, and then we, like, we're playing it on the big screen. And I will say my overall—I'm only, like, early on in the game because I take forever, but I love it overall. Having a blast with it. And it's not as beautiful as Arceus was.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
0: There's a lot of, like, those glitches that you're seeing. Like, I'm yeah. like, why? Like, some of them are very strange and early on. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, why Why is the whole screen black? Oh, I walked up to a wall. Um, yes, yeah. It's weird. And, like, the gra- and on a huge screen, the graphics aren't quite as impressive as on the little Switch screen. Okay. Which Nintendo always says. It's like, oh, well, that's just the way we want you to play. That's just a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but it's overall really fun. And Davey seems to like it a lot, too. But he has a bigger issue with some of the glitches than I do. <laughs> yeah. He's just it's like, so how to dare me, you like... release Arceus and show us what you can do and then do this.
1: Yeah. It's so strange to me to, that they would do that.
0: <sighs> anyway. I don't know. I think it's Did they... just a bigger game.
1: Is the... What's the um, battle mechanic like? Is it a little cuz one of the general complaints which is you know i think fair and also it's like well that's kind of just what pokemon is is sort of the like i do a thing you do a thing i do a thing you do a thing and it's just kind of like yeah uh, you you can Turn-based. really quickly <laughs> easily figure out what it should be right. or how to how to spam it or beat it or whatever um is it still that exact same format
0: basically yeah there's there's okay. an added element where um When you're in areas where the Pokemon are just like running around free, you Uh can send out your Pokemon like onto the map, like to walk around with you. And if it's the right combination of like level and type against the Pokemon that are out on the map, it'll just kill them and you'll just earn experience. So you don't have to like do endless Uh... battles to level up. Oh, that's Which is nice. Cool. Like, you can go to an yeah. area where they're, like, a bunch of, like, I don't know, Pidgey or whatever the fuck it is. And then just send your Pokemon out and let them kill it. And I think they might earn, like, a tiny bit less or something. But they still, like, yeah. level up. They still, I think, evolve and all that. So, But it's basically the that's same cool. thing. It's just a lot more um, open world. You can go kind of wherever you want. You can defeat things in whatever order you want. And they scale the difficulty based on the order you do them in. Hmm. I like it. Overall, cool. so far, I'm um, I'm enjoying it. It's uh, and I just started playing that Donkey Kong game my sister gave me that I've been putting off for weeks, and I'm like, uh, I just started playing that, which is fun. Also, it's like snowy themed. I forget what it's called, like Arctic Freeze or something. Uh huh. But that's fun too. So now I'm I'm starting to finally fill my days with fun things again. Cute. Cute. Like reading this book. <laughs> was that well, a good segue? <laughs> it was
1: perfect. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: Oh well, it's weird now because we did three chapters last week, so I'm starting out. I know. Are you ready for this? Can you I, can you breathe? Can you handle this? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so this week we are starting with chapter thirty-three, a question of crimson, and the icon is a elephant or a staret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However you say it. So we know <laughs> it's the menagerie circus situation. Yes. And it's naive, which great way to come back. Yes. And remember when I was wondering what's Nanive going to do at the circus? Well, now we know. Now we know. She is. The... I love how this chapter starts. <laughs> Me too. She's literally starting the chapter blindfolded against the board and terrified and <laughs> seething at the same time as yeah. uh, Tom is performing a knife throwing act with her as the <laughs> uh, unwitting assistant. Yeah. Uh, she's like sitting there hearing the thunk of the knife next to her ear hating life and then they're like next trick and she um snatches some pears out of her satchel and puts one on her head and holds the other two out and uh right before she's about to warn tom blindfolded to like watch out all three pears are pierced through with his knives instantly and uh it says quote she would have yelped if her throat had not contracted like a fist (laughs) (laughs) and she's literally literally standing there unbraided covered in pear juice Hating life, <laughs> hating it. So she, it's over. She rips the blindfold off and she storms over to uh, Valen, Luca, and uh, Tom, and they're. She's ready to get vocal, uh, but Valen is like, "Oh, you were amazing, so brave," <laughs> and she's like, uh, "That was terrible. I hate this," <laughs> and he's like, "No, you're amazing." And in my mind, he's like. Have you seen Moulin Rouge, the movie?
1: You know what? I have not. I've seen clips of it. I've seen, like, the—I think I've seen probably, like, honest review kind of things of it, but not the actual movie.
0: In my mind, this uh, Valon looks like—or reminds me of the ringmaster guy, the um, Ziedler—I forget his first name—that, like, runs the Moulin Rouge circus. Very, like, over-the-top and flourishing and gregarious and, you know— all of that—that's the vibe I get from him.
1: I, I can't see, see it that. Any I think
0: he's—I <laughs> think
1: he's supposed to be
0: like kind of hot, though. Oh, really? He's more like a debonair too. Like I—I th- I mean, he's dashing. He's like
1: schmucky and like skeezy, but I think he's supposed to be good-looking. Mm, yeah. Okay.
0: He—he's uh, doing all of the things. He's—he's he's doing the most, trying to he's, win over naive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he. Isn't doing a great job, but she, he's starting to pierce through her shell because she's like, okay, I'm kind of brave. I didn't think that way. And she's, like, kind of charmed for a second. And then he mentions, oh, but the dress that we designed for you, you know, that's what you'll wear. And she's pissed all over again because yeah. it's, like, blood red and it's, like, very low cut. And she's not into it. Uh, yeah. She's like, A it's red cause I'm going to bleed and they want to hide it. So that's not <laughs> cool. <laughs> and then B, she's like, that's way too revealing. So she's like bickering with him over it. And then he tries to change the subject. She's got like a swollen eye and he's like, Oh, what happened to you? And she's like even more frustrated cause she doesn't want to talk about it. So she's like, Oh, and she like, is like, why am I thinking to herself? Why am I even entertaining doing this? And she like storms away, but she's, Realizing the reason she's entertaining it is because she's basically agreed to do it, so <laughs> that's yeah. why she's entertaining it. <laughs> she uh, she goes back to this clearing that's been made where they've been like kind of camping out and practicing, and she's frustrated with the whole situation and with the men that have been ogling her, and she is thinking how she reserves her body and it to be looked at only for land, and then she's frustrated with herself for even caring. But mm-hmm. uh, she's also concerned because last Elaine spoke with Egwene, she reported that there was fighting in Kyrian and that Lan, whenever he's not with Moraine, is involved in the fighting. So she's worried about him. She's also been told that while Morghese's armies are, like, at war or fighting with Rand's Iulmen... Um, that Rand has been ruling with a really iron fist and sentencing, sentencing, sentencing folks to death for stealing, um, and he's watching it coldly carried out. So, Nynaeve is like, "What is happening in the world? What is yeah. happening to my friends? What's happening to to that sweet boy Rand was back in the day?" Yes, yeah. it's, it's worrying her. Um, they are very close to the river, Eldar, Eldar, Elder. Whatever. doesn't it, super matter. Yeah. It's a mile north. So they're very close to this destination. And there's a bridge that it, that crosses it. It's only one. And it's made of metal pillars from, like, a time of old, old, old time. Which, is that, like, another reference to our time? Um, uh, I'd have to look. I'm wondering. Because they that. said it was from an, a time of, like, old ages, maybe before even the oldest time she could think of. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is an actual place Hmm. I'll look. Okay. Um, and if we can't find it, listeners, feel free to let us know. So yeah. uh, she is thinking we have to cross this bridge. We have to get across. We have to continue with our mission. But what is the mission even? Because I'm just hoping that by the time we get f- close, I'll remember where this town is. Remember, they're looking for the the gathering place of this Blue Aja supposed place. We know it's uh, Salidar. And she's like, ah don't even remember it but she's sure she will at some point and that that's where they need to go elaine has suggested going to tear she's like no this is the plan um but she's worried and she's worried and this whole thing has been really challenging for her the only thing that's making it any better is that elaine has stopped being so flirty with tom which has been making <laughs> her very uncomfortable this whole trip on top of everything else so yeah she's like at least that's over um, and when she talks to Elaine about it, to be like, oh, you came to your senses, huh? Um, Elaine just kind of pretends something ever happened. Like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? He's like a dad to me. And then he's like, okay, we're just going to forget about all that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're going to gloss over that, apparently. <laughs> exactly. Um, across the river, there's an unsavory town where the prophet is living, that guy that we've heard about. And, you know, she's worried about that. And around the town... If I'm reading it right, it looks like so many followers have followed this prophet here that they've like camped out around the town because it's full capacity. So it's become almost like an unofficial larger town. City, yeah. And Aniva's like, don't want to go anywhere near that. But they're in a traveling circus, and this is part of the deal as they're going on their journey. So she's, you know, musing about, about all of this as everyone's kind of like winding down at the camp, you know, brushing their animals or taking off their costumes or whatnot. And she's passing them all by, kind of just like whatever, like, hey, what's up? Until she comes across Serendin, And we remember that's the person who she has identified as formerly Sean Chan or surreptitiously Sean Chan. Yeah. And uh she's tending to the Seredit's nails. So she's like watching her. And as she's doing that, Eludra, the Illuminator, pops up behind her and is like, Hey, I got this great new invention. (laughs) They're called fire sticks. (laughs) And they're like, I guess, just reinventing, reinventing matches. And and then he was like, okay, cool. I thought these were called strikers. And she's like, I haven't decided on a name, but try them. And she's like, (laughs) whatever. Thanks. (laughs) She's, she takes them. She heads to the trailer, kind of uninterested in them, but I'm sure they'll come up. And, um, as she's going to the trailer where her and Elaine have been staying, Jewelan stops her and says, hey, got some news for you. Been across the river. Not great, um, but I did recognize one of the guards, and it's Galad. And she's like, Ugh, thanks a lot. You always bring terrible news. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, sorry, thank you, fine. And uh, she goes into the trailer with this new news, and she's like, ah, crap. And as soon as she walks in, Elaine is there, and she shoves something under the blankets that she was looking at. And she's like, (sighs) but before she can even, like, grill her about it, Elaine is like, oh, my God, your eye, what happened? And then Eve is like, okay, I might as well say this, even though I don't want to tell the story. So she's like, Surrendan hit me when I wasn't looking. And Elaine just looks at her like, "Mm hmm. (laughs) And she's like, okay, I may have been pressing her about, Sean Chan and Saldam and Damani even though you told me not to and that she told us everything I may have been pressing her she may have gotten upset okay (laughs) I may have shaken her a little bit I may have gotten a little upset with her and she may have thrown me over her shoulder (laughs) and she's like "Mm hmm (laughs) Elena's still like okay and (laughs) and she's like okay and then (laughs) And then Littell came over and gave her a stick. And then she was hitting me with that. And then it got broken up. It's all fine. We all apologize. It's cool. It's no big deal. NBD. And she's like, that sounds like a big deal. Yeah. She's ashamed, though. Um, and she's thinking, like, I wish I could have channeled. But obviously she couldn't. Yeah. So she tells her the whole thing. Elaine is none too pleased. And then she's like, but by the way, um, what what are you hiding? Speaking of honesty, what's under the blanket? And she reveals it's the Adam. And she's like, what are you doing with that thing? That thing is so dangerous. Da, 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 da. And is like, I think I could make one of these, actually. Mm. And Nynaeve is like, why would you do that? It's a tool of like evil. Da, 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 da. And she's like, I studied it. And I, I figured out how it works, I think. And she says that it's, it uses the same concept as Aes Sedai linking to each other. But instead of it being collaborative and shared it's a total control of one person over the other so mm-hmm. she's figured that part out and she thinks she could make something and she says there's really not even a use for the chain i think just the collar and bracelet and is like this is kind of dark stuff to be thinking about and considering and why are you talking about this and why would you want to do it and elaine is like you're missing the point and she has a little monologue it's my only quote but it's a little bit lengthy i, I, I trimmed it a bit she says "'Don't you understand? It's a terangriel, naive, and I think I can make one. If I can make this one, I can make others. Maybe I can even make Angreal or Sa'angreal. No one in the tower has been able to do that in thousands of years.' Straightening, she shivered and laid fingers across her mouth. "'I never really thought of making anything myself before, not anything useful. I remember seeing a craftsman once, a man who had made some chairs for the palace.' They were not gilded or elaborately carved. They were meant for the servant's hall. But I could see the pride in his eyes, pride in what he had made, a thing well-crafted. I would love to feel that, I think. Oh, if we only knew a fraction of what the Forsaken do, the knowledge of the Age of Legends inside their heads, and they use it to serve the shadow. Think what we could do with it. Think what we could make. Well, be that as it may, I'll wager I could puzzle out how Whitebridge was made, too. Buildings buildings lie spun spun glass but stronger than steel. And Quendi are. And, and as she's going on, Nynaeve kind of interrupts her. And she's like, you're getting way ahead of yourself. <laughs> you're getting very overly confident. Like, this is interesting. But... Slow down. Like, slow down and let's reel it back. And she says, listen, the whole reason I'm, I'm upset right now is really because your brother is right across the river. So what are we going to do? And Elaine is like, well... I think we're going to be okay if we stay close to the menagerie because he has an aversion to animals being caged, so he's not going to come anywhere near us. So if we just stay close, we could just pass through. And she's like, mm, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. And she's like, well, maybe you should just remember the place we're supposed to go to, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or we can go back to Tyr. And Eva's like, I'll remember. And she thinks to herself, was it bar? Did it end in dar?" Did it end in Lar? And the episode kind of ends with her, episode, the chapter kind of <laughs> ends with her, like, musing upon half of the actual name of the city, which is so frustrating. Yeah, I hate that kind of thing. Uh, me too. And I have to say, oh, Elaine, I think if your brother doesn't like animals in cages, he's probably going to try to, like, set them free or something, or be a, have a problem mm. with the menagerie being nearby. So I don't like yeah. that. That's just my thoughts.
1: Mm. Yeah well wow. yeah. <laughs> chapter 34 mm-hmm. is called a silver arrow and the sigil is the stone dream ring which i still have not gotten my appointment for a tattoo but i need to do that mm-hmm. otherwise i don't really have to share it oh yeah okay so this is still a naive point of view chapter and it's kind of shortly after maybe even that same evening um but it's Uh, dinner time at the the menagerie and it's Elaine's turn to cook dinner for the little their little group and uh, apparently according to Nynaeve whenever Elaine cooks it's never just a simple thing Uh, she has made a soup that is cold and jellied with chopped green ferris on top which I did a little googling to try to think through like what that could be because the only like cold soup type thing i could think of was gazpacho
0: mm-hmm.
1: where is there are you familiar with
0: any other cold soups i don't know i know they are there are like chilled soups that you can have out there yeah but i don't know what they are i don't think i've ever had any i've just seen them on like fancy shows <laughs> also a jellied soup do you think that just means it has like gelatin in it maybe maybe it's not maybe they just don't have the word for it maybe it's not soup at all maybe it's more like a a moosey type texture or something? I guess.
1: I don't know. Interesting. And I also Googled Ferris because I thought that was, a maybe, sorry, I was thinking of borscht, not gazpacho. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, maybe it's borscht that she's made? Well, that's like beets, right? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, cold soup, jellied, chopped green Ferris, which I, I, again, I Googled Ferris and I couldn't find out, find what that was. Hmm. Uh, she's also made tiny onions and there's, the soup has tiny onions and peas in it. And she has made beef wrapped around something made together with like carrots, sweet peas, chives, and goat cheese. Which sounds kind of delicious. It, it kind of sounds like, uh. sounded so good. I don't know what it sounds like, but it sounds good. It I sounds idiot. like a
0: nice little appetizer. Like a, like a bite. Yeah. Like a wrapped yeah. up, like, um. Cheese blob. Yeah, like a... Uh, yeah, it sounded really good. <laughs> and
1: honey cakes for dessert. Yes. So Elaine is really going all out. Yes, girl. And <laughs> it's funny because it, I just love the way RJ works, like, helps us better understand the character's little foibles through just the storytelling, like... Naive is like, it's so funny, uh, you know, Tom and Julian are always eating with us, except for the nights when I'm cooking, like, that they're just <laughs> always happen to be eating with somebody else on those nights. And even Val and Luca, who is, like, obsessed with me and makes an excuse to eat with us every night, he just seems to miss the nights when I cook. That's, huh, right. weird.
0: <laughs> wonder what that could be. <laughs> I feel
1: it makes it so endearing, like, that obviously she's a terrible cook, but... Um, doesn't see that herself yeah and apparently she also doesn't see that she's like how gorgeous she is because she is like surprised that Valen luca is so enamored with her when somebody as beautiful as elaine is around mm-hmm. Uh but in addition to flirting with her Valen luca is still trying to get her to wear that low-cut red dress for the the show and is being so like a uh, oblique and uh, poetic about it that sometimes she's like not sure what she's talking what he's talking about because he says that gown will frame your unfolding bravery to perfection yet not a quarter so well as you display yourself for night blooming dara lilies would weep with envy to see you stroll beside the moonlit water as I would do and make myself a bard to sing your praises by this very moon and Nynaeve is like huh (laughs) what (laughs) but it is funny because uh robert jordan his you know favorite thing to talk about besides women's breasts is men's well-turned calf muscles because it, it's just so funny to me that like whenever like a woman is like oh he is attractive like it's almost always like he's got nice calf muscles for some reason that's the thing in this world that women are most attracted to
0: i mean i, I love a nice calf muscle as much as the next person but sure hey everyone's got uh, their something
1: <laughs> yep I'm not gonna yuck their yums. So Nynaeve is ready for Val and Luca to go and is like, Well, don't let us keep you. We know you're busy, lots to do, you know, like better let you go. <laughs> and she and Elaine head inside their wagon for the evening. And Elaine tells her, like, she really needs to stop encouraging Val and Luca. And Nynaeve is like, What the the only way I could encourage him less would be to stab him. And uh, Elaine says that she's just being too coy with him. She needs to just be direct and stop smiling at him. And you're being too nice. And Nynaeve is like boiling inside (laughs) because she's like, everyone always tries to tell me to be nice and hold on to my temper. And that's all I'm doing. And now you're telling me not to be nice. I could like throttle you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Nynaeve is like, changes the subject and tells Elaine to give her the stone ring for Teleron Riyadh. Because uh, she's going to go into the dream world tonight. And Elena's like, um, I thought I would go tonight. Because uh, Bear uh, of the Wise Ones, like, means to to lecture you and talk to you next time we meet with Egwene, which it'll be your turn. And it's, uh, of course, evident that Nynaeve has been doing a bunch of... Uh, gymnastics to avoid Egwene, uh, ever since their, uh, unpleasant meeting in the dream world a few chapters back.
0: Yeah, understandably.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Elaine is like, okay, fine, and gives her the ring and, uh, tells Nynaeve, like, ask Brigitte again if we can tell Egwene about her, because it's just, like, so awkward to not be able to answer Egwene's questions about her. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Elaine and Nynaeve are also, like, starting to kind of pick up on the fact that it's weird that whenever they meet Egwene in the White Tower in the Dream World, the Wise Ones are never with her. Like, they're, like, puzzling out that there's something strange there, but they haven't quite figured out why. Nynaeve falls asleep and wakes up in Teleronriad in the camp where the circus kind of currently is in the real world. And she realizes that she's wearing the red dress and uh, quickly changes into Two Rivers Woolens. And Brigida pops up and says, like, why'd you change your dress? Like, I remember wearing a dress like that once to, like, get Guidel Kane's attention. And he could hardly pay any attention because, you know, my boobs were all up in his face. <laughs> um, and... uh. Nynaeve is like, um, okay, enough, stop. And Brigida tells her pretty quickly that she has found Magedian And Nynaeve immediately like, her heart is in her throat, and she's like, Does she know where we are? Uh and Brigida's like, No, I, I I don't think so. I think we can go uh spy on her for a minute without her noticing. Uh but she's not alone and she says that there are other Forsaken with her. And she's like, I know you could take on Magedian but there are five others, uh, or four others, um, there as well. And like, could you take on five? And Nynaeve was like, Ugh. Um, but she's like, We'll be careful, I won't say anything, I won't even think of channeling. And so they're like, Alright. And Brigida touches her arm, and the two of them are suddenly kind of like floating in the darkness above a a group of people. So it's like they're floating up in the darkness above Megeddion. And Magedion is like floating in the darkness above a group of four people in high-backed chairs and uh, Nynaeve, uh, RJ writes that Nynaeve could hear what was said in those chairs as well as if she had been among them and uh, we know that the people sitting in these chairs are Lanfear and Grendel and Samael and Robin and they're plotting and scheming and talking about, um, you know, their plans that we kind of saw at the beginning of this book. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of which those plans are uh, making Rand believe that he needs to go after Samael. And Robin says, he will concentrate on you. And if need be, one of uh, one close to him will die plainly at your order. He will come for you. And while he is fixed on you alone, the three of us linked will take him. What has changed to alter any of that? And Samael's like, okay, yeah, like, great, I know that's the plan, but I'm going to be part of that link, or else this plan is off, because I do not want Thor coming after me, and me just being alone, like, and you three being linked, like, uh, that puts me in a doubly disadvantageous position. Mm -hmm. And Grendel is like, he would obviously notice if you were linked, even... As incompetent as Asmodian is, he, he has a teacher now, and he would even notice that. Before they can go on, Brigida touches Nynaeve's arm, and they kind of, like, jump back to the campground. And Nynaeve is like, why'd you bring us back? Like, did did Magedion see us? And uh, Brigida says, I never took her, my eyes off her for a moment. She never moved a muscle, but I just don't like being exposed. So, you know, so exposed in Teleron Rialt as we were. And she explains to Nynaeve who the people in the chairs were because even though we know as the readers, Nynaeve has never seen some of these people before. So uh, she says, Lanfear was the one hidden by her chair. The other was Grendel. Do not think her a fool because she lolls in a chair that would make a Senjay no room keeper blush because her chair is all all, like nude acrobats and people fucking. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) she says, she is devious and she uses her pets in rights to cause the roughest soldier i've ever known to swear celibacy and before she can finish someone else says grendel is devious but not devious enough and mcgedion steps out from behind one of the wagons and rj writes brigida world silver bow coming up silver arrow almost flying to knock and abruptly hurled 30 paces through the moonlight to crash against nynaeve's wagon so hard that she bounced back five and lay in a crumpled heap And Nynaeve quickly reaches for Sidar, but immediately runs into a shield that Magedion has placed on her. And RJ writes, She could have howled. Something Something seized her feet, jerking them backward and up off the ground. Her hands flew up and back until her wrists met ankles above her head. Her clothes became powder that slid from her skin, and her braid dragged her head back until her braid rested on her bottom. And Nynaeve tries to step out of the dream, but nothing happens, and she's just hanging there in the air... Uh, being held by Magedion, and she thinks that if she tried to move anything else, her back would break. And Magedion is like, I can hardly believe that you would even dare to come hunting me. And Nynaeve, being ever the badass, is basically tells Magedion to get fucked, and that if she hadn't caught her by surprise, she'd be wringing her neck like a chicken. And... <laughs> Magedion channels a gag for Nynaeve to stop her from talking and tells her, like, you know, whatever I do to you here will translate into the real world, and maybe I'll turn you into an animal here, and uh, anytime you come to Teleron Riyadh, you'll be that animal. Maybe I'll turn you into a horse for me to ride, and I'll even braid your mane for you, and uh, you won't enjoy our nightly rides together, but I will. Mm. And Magedion removes the gag uh, from Nynaeve's mouth for a moment, asks her if... The yellow-haired chit, meaning uh, Elaine, is with her at the menagerie, and Nynaeve says she's alone and starts insulting Magedion again, which causes Magedion to torture her. And Magedion says that she will bring Elaine to her to bind her and bring her to lie at her feet. And she says that it's not just physical hurts that transfer over from Teleronriad into the real world, but compulsion works as well. And so basically she's going to compel Nynaeve to hunt down Elaine and bring her to her as well. And before she can channel any of those weaves of compulsion, however, a silver arrow pierces Magedion through the chest and Nynaeve falls to the ground as Magedion drops the weaves. And uh, Nynaeve sees uh shout to her, you know, go Nynaeve, get away. And she raises her bow to shoot at Magedion again. And RJ writes, The glow around Magedion increased until it seemed as if the blinding sun surrounded her. The night folded in over Brigitte like an ocean wave enveloping her in blackness. When it passed, the silver, bl- the silver bow dropped atop empty clothes as they collapsed. The clothes faded like fog burning off and only the bow and arrows remained shining in the moonlight. Mm-hmm. And then Magedion, wounded by the arrow, vanishes from Teleron Riyadh as well. And Nynaeve crawls on hands and knees over to Brigida's bow, weeping and wailing for Brigida to forgive her for, uh, you know, convincing her to track down Magedion. And then we get a POV shift, and we're back with Leandrin. Mm -hmm. And she is, like, jumping to her feet as Magedion crashes through the door, like blood soaking through her shift. And the other Black Aja with Leandrin, Chesmal, and (laughs) Tamail, who my— uh, autocorrect, always tries to change to Tamale, um, <laughs> leaps to her side, even though Leandrin, like, stands right where she is. And they're like, what's wrong? And Megedian looks to Chesmull and says, you have some small ability with healing, do it now, fool. And Chesmul quickly reaches out and heals Megedian, And Leandrin is like, uh, kind of, hmm what's the word? I guess judging. Judging her, thinking of them as like faithful lapdogs that obey too quickly. And as we know with healing, it saps a lot of your strength. So even though she's physically healed, she's now very, Magedion is, you know, very weak uh, physically from having been healed. And Leandrin is like, this is my chance. And so the minute Magedion turns her back, she throws every ounce of power she has into what, what she, you know, thinks is like as close to a weave of compulsion from what she had seen Magedion do. Uh, but she's not fast enough. She's not strong enough. And uh, the, before it reaches Magedian, uh Magedion rebuffs her attack, shields Leandrin, and slams Leandrin against the wall with weaves of air. And Leandrin quickly, like, slips into the her commoner accent from her childhood that she tries so hard to hide and is like, I only meant to help you sleep well and to recover from your wounds. I'm so sorry. And Meghedeon, like, gags her and starts pulling out her tongue with weaves of air and asks Leandrin if she should rip it out. And she says, it's a pity for you that the Almira woman makes me think like Semirog. Otherwise, I might only kill you. And then R.J. writes, suddenly she was tying off the shield, the knot growing ever more intricate until Leandrin lost the twists and turns completely, and still it went on. And Mageddian says, you will search a very long time to find anyone who can unravel that, but you will have no opportunity to search. You thought you would learn something of compulsion. I will teach you a bit more. And then she weaves compulsion at Leandrin, and her order is live. And she says, compulsion has many limits, but a command to do what someone wants to do in their innermost depths will hold for a lifetime. You will live however much you think you want to take your life, and you will think of it. You will lie weeping many nights, wishing for it. And she releases the gag on Leandrin, and Leandrin is like on the floor crying and pleading, and Mageddon slaps her across the face. And she tells her, you will live stilled, but knowing that you could channel again if only you found someone to untie your shield. Yet that is only the beginning. Evan, who's the uh, cook at this house who, like, had been eyeballing Leandrin earlier in the book, will be glad of a new scullery maid, a scullery girl. And I'm sure the Arene woman, who's the uh, merchant that they're staying with, will want to have long talks with you about her husband, who Leandrin had tortured to madness. Why they will enjoy your company so much that I doubt you will see the outside of this house during the years to come. Long years in which you wish you had done, it, long years in which to wish that you had served me faithfully. And Magedion tells Tamale and Chesmol that uh, uh, to prepare Leandrin for Evan and Irene and tells them that Leandrin is not to be killed or maimed. She must always hold the belief that she might escape, because that will keep her alive and suffering. And she tells them that Nynaeve and Elaine are with a menagerie, and uh, Chesmol says there there have been menageries bound for Gaelden, so now Magedion knows where she has to go to find them. Hmm. Meanwhile, Leandrin is, like, pleading and begging on the ground again, and Once Meghedeon leaves, Leandrin tries to convince Tameel and Chesmal that like the three of them could overpower Meghedeon. And Tameel laughs at her and says that she could not overwhelm fat Evan. Uh, She might as well be stilled with the shield that uh, Meghedeon has uh, placed on her. And Leandrin tries to reason with them and, you know, says like there's dissension among the chosen. Like we could overpower her and take her to them and we'll be exalted. Uh, We could even be chosen ourselves. And R.J. writes, For a moment, one blessed, wonderful moment, the child-faced woman hesitated. Then she shook her head. You have never known how high to lift your eyes. Who reaches for the sun will be burned. No, I think that I will not be burned for reaching too high. I think that I will do as I am told and soften you for Evan. Suddenly she smiled, showing teeth that made her look even more vulpine. How surprised he will be when you crawl to kiss his feet. Leandrin started screaming before Tamale even began. And that is the end of the chapter, A Silver Arrow.
0: My goodness
1: gracious. Leandrin, you girl bossed a little too close to the sun and got burned.
0: Yeah, girl, you don't know your limits. Mm -mm. You don't Mm -mm. know your limits, and you don't know that you have a much more powerful person. Yes. Not even a person right on the other side of that door. You think way too highly. Yes. (laughs) Ooh. Uh, what was your favorite part
1: of these chapters what did you think my gosh uh
0: there's so much happened uh your chapter really took me there yeah (laughs) i um i initially really was into the like um moment when they're watching mcgetty and watch the dark the forsaken like that whole thing of them watching from beyond her watching them I liked that, but I think the best, for me, the part I liked the best was that whole interaction between Magedion and Leandrin. For her to have so much power over her, and we know how powerful Leandrin is, um, and how maniacal and how, like, sneaky, and she's, like, basically the leader, almost like an unofficial leader of the Black Aja so far, Yeah, Um, to see her put in her place and to wonder who will be taking her place in her absence, mm-hmm. or was she ever really in charge, I'm like, ooh, it just got me. It was very chilly. Yeah. What do I Yeah, you? it's a very dark chapter. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I think probably that whole... I really, really like the um, the relationship between Teleron Riata and the w- real world, so seeing the battle from Nynaeve's pers- perspective, and then seeing the after effects from Leandrin's perspective, I think is really clever. Like, it, it allows us to, it leaves us with, like, the question of what's naive going to do next, with and knows where to find them, with Leandrin has been sort of placed in a position where she might want to take her own life and is being compelled to live in misery. I feel like RJ, he doesn't like Game of Thrones is very like gruesome in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. in ways that I think Wheel of Time isn't. But then when you have these moments like this where you're like, ooh, this is like super dark and really brutal uh, to see how like Leandrins essentially like fall from grace and like question marks of what could be happening next. And just the way, many ways that Magedion can't and any of the Forsaken can like, ruin people's lives aside from just killing them are pretty dark
0: yeah i'm very very sad so brigitte is gone now yeah forever because like, yeah. if if she dies in Teleronriad, she said that that's it so she wouldn't yeah. be able to even come back with like a blowing of the horn or anything like that her her days are are done yeah so she's not even spin spun back out into the wheel i don't sure. it doesn't look like it it's terrible oh boy i don't know I'm curious to see what happens next.
1: Mm. Well, we will find out more as we read along.
0: Hey, everyone. Do you like free things? I know I do. And this podcast (laughs) is 100% free, so you should subscribe, rate, and review so other people can find us
1: yes and other people will find us if you tell them about it so go on twitter go on reddit go spread the word and let other people know they should listen to our podcast please
0: and then once you tell everyone about it talk to us about it <laughs> our social media is cool story pod on instagram cool story pod one on twitter you can find us on facebook you can email us at coolstorypod at gmail.com we love getting messages from you, and we also have a Discord, so if you want to be part of that, reach out, and we will send you the link. Yes,
1: and uh, also um, our, we have Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nandmat, and it's super fun, and you can support our podcast and support us uh, bringing you additional fun content.
0: And if you're looking for a way to support us, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash nandmat and buy us coffee. Yeah. and thanks for listening to cool story see you next week
1: bye bye